Good morning, Vernon. Good morning, Devin. So, just started listening to an interesting podcast, uh, which I owe you a thank you because it's because of you and it's been the podcast challenges uh, that I'm now actually searching for them. And this one I thought was cool. It came through uh, some sponsor. They, you know, they paid for a commercial or something. And it's Dave Chappelle to live quickly and uh, Yaz's Bay, which is uh, most, uh, I think that's how you pronounce his first name. But, uh, or Yasin, I think it's Yasin. But those three guys have a podcast together. And it, they're literally just talking about life. But as I'm listening to it, you know, it got me to thinking of like how I want to use the word like strange, but it's probably incorrect. But it, how strange Dave Chappelle, his like how he resonates. You know what I mean? It, he's to me one of the few guys that like he crosses over in a very natural and organic way. You know, there isn't any culture, any household that Dave Chappelle has not been in. In, in this country, in my opinion, like dude crosses over, man. And and it's it, it to me just listening to him. It's just like, wow, like here's this black dude, you know, talking about uh, going out on a date in, in uh, uh, Central Park with his wife and how he decided to take mushrooms. And like he tells this this beautiful story of just like how it was the one of the best days of his life. And he manages to like, I don't know, just eliminate all of the nonsense that we all trip over every day when it comes to like communicating and culture, how culture is involved and just communication and and the way that we talk and life and everything. And he just like cuts all that shit out. And you don't even you got you wouldn't even be able to guess if Dave was a white dude, black dude, whatever, because just. To me, he has this way of just including everybody. I think that that's part of what makes him so great. It was this uh, election when it came around. Um, I remember I was like texting with my my brother and sister, and I was like, "I can't wait until Dave Chappelle's on Saturday Night Live and he can tell us all how to feel about the election." Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> And and that's that's who Dave Chappelle is now, right? Like in a in a very real way, I think he is the voice for maybe Generation X, if that's what you want to call it, right? Like he he's kind of yeah. the voice for this whole entire group of people, uh, where you know he he, he thinks things and says things that are, you know, uh, he, he reflects on things. He, he's just really thoughtful. Mm-hmm. And I agree that he does He does walk. Like I, I think it's all the time that he spent writing like on the Dave Chappelle show, right? Like it's, that was him and Neil Brennan, right? Like that mm-hmm. wasn't a show uh, about black people or white people. It was a show about America. Yeah, right? it was. Yeah, it was. And, and you know, it, it, it didn't deny any of the sort of difficult realities that we have where it's like, Hey, some people are going to win in America and some people are going to lose. And that's just the way it is. And, and that's not always easy, you know, like, yeah. and he did, he, I, you were talking about how it's a paid podcast. Right. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I mentioned like, well, yeah, it's, it's, 
because Dave Chappelle's used to people paying for stuff, you know, like he's, he's comfortable with charging people for stuff. And, uh, th- that makes sense. You know, it, 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 he does a thing that's very American and it's nice to have a voice of America. I was watching that, uh, the Val Kilmer documentary last night, which is weird okay. and it's weird and interesting and good. Um, and he did a whole thing about Mark Twain and he was like, Mark Twain's the narrator for America. And it was interesting because like Mark Twain is one of the people that I would think of as like an American sort of icon narrator. Like this is the voice of America for a specific period of time, right? Early 1900s or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that Dave Chappelle is the, the Mark Twain of right now, right? He's the, he's the guy who's narrating this moment. And I'm sure that there's somebody who was narrating the seventies and I just haven't thought about it, you know? True. True. Yeah, there's probably a couple you can think of. Shoot, Richard Pryor. Probably the Dave Chappelle before Dave Chappelle, right? Certainly Dave Chappelle would say so. Yeah, right? And, and, you know, last on Dave Chappelle, which, uh, you know, I always remember him telling a joke. I think it was one of his more recent um, stand-ups, maybe like the last, like within the last three of them. And he tells a joke about, you know, (laughs) being, he said... There's no worse situation to be in than to be you being poor, black and in the hood. You know, like his early beginnings was like that was easy. Everyone's poor, black. You know, we, we the whole neighborhood is poor and black. So that's just easy. It's, it's simple. You know, being rich and white and or just being poor and white. It, it's all all of that stuff's easy. You're right with the people that look like you, the people, you know, it, it makes sense, you know, just in terms of, you know, from a very like, you know, base thought process or whatever, you know what I mean? If we're just judging based on looks, but he was like, for him, he said the, the, the hardest thing in life is to be poor black and living in middle-class white America in the suburbs. He was like, he was like, it was a constant reminder of every day. You know the things that he didn't have, and he was like, you know, he he yeah, he moved out, he got out of you know uh, uh, southeast Washington, I think it was at the time, and moved to Went the suburbs. To Ohio. Yeah, exactly of Ohio, and he was just like, yeah, he was like that was the hardest thing ever, and and it was a joke, but in true Dave Chappelle fashion, it was real. It was like, yeah, everyone's laughing around him, but he's also like, nah, like this is real. Like this, this is my life. This is real, and he does that all the time. And I just one that's one of the things that resonates with you because it's like you know, even for me, I I have a similar story to Dave, and I'm like, yeah, I I I, I laugh, but also I was like, damn, I was like, yo, that dude is crazy, man. Like he nailed it. That that shit is a hundred percent true. You know, like you're just as poor as all your family back in Southeast Washington, but now you're in the middle of like. Middle of white America, and yeah, you're like sticking out like a sore throat. So, right, and so everybody from home thinks you're you, you made uptown, it, yeah. You know? <laughs> and every it. and everybody from where you're living is like, like you're a little broke, that? huh? <laughs> yeah. He said it, was, it shaped him, man. He said it really shaped him, and, and and I share a lot of his perspective because I think that being in that environment, it it gets you the a, a little brief moment to be able to walk in someone else's shoes being in that environment you have no like for me i've always felt like even in my life that i had no choice but to wear one shoe 
that fit in the, my early upbringing in North Philadelphia and one shoe that fit my, you know, uh, later in life upbringing in, 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 you know, white suburban America. And it, and I like one of the only people that I felt like actually did get to walk in multiple sets of shoes and got an opportunity to experience life from like both sides, both sides of America, I guess, as you would say. And, uh, I share a lot of the perspective that Dave Chappelle has, man. And I think it's because of that. Well, I think that that's kind of one of the, the conceits of our show, right? Is that For we sure. Have, we have this theory, this theory that we believe that is like the more broad that you're taking in information from, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's mm-hmm. T.D. Jakes on the one side or, you know, Eric Reese writing the Lean Startup on the other. This idea that there's like all that information is good. And if you can sit down and work, work it out and like talk through all the information together, you're going to come up with some truths and some ideas that'll help you sort of guide this, you know, business entrepreneurial journey thing that we're going on, you know? So it makes sense to me that Chappelle would, I mean, maybe I'm just reaching, but it makes sense to me that Chappelle would speak a little bit to, to both of us in that way. Right. For sure. So I'll have to try sure. the podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, it's it's called. Uh, oh man, I lost my phone. I'll look it up. No it's problem. midnight. I'll put it midnight something. Is, yeah, midnight <laughs> something. And you know, shout out to, to Lib and Most Def as well or, or uh, Yasin. Uh, sure, but I'm never buying their podcast. Yeah, <laughs> they're awesome in it as well. You do need. I'm sure. Know. I'm sure, but yeah. I'm just never buying. I'm just yeah. never buying there. Chappelle is absolutely the draw. It, he's the know, draw. Yeah, he's the draw. Let's let's not you know kid ourselves. But um, those two would be a great podcast as well. But oh, I bet you they would. Well, wasn't most most def? Uh, we should stop talking about the Chappelle show after this. But what most def was on the was on the Chappelle show as one of the musical guests in one of like the very early yeah him early Talib. episodes. Yeah, I don't remember Talib. to live on yeah. it right now, but yeah. I've definitely. I remember most definitely yeah, in nah, the car. Both, both, yeah, both of them. Both of them were big Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, some of his closest friends. Yeah, that whole conscious rap era was, sure. yeah, Dave, Dave Chappelle and all those guys. They, you know, from your roots to the whole, like, that's his thing. You know, Dave Chappelle and it's those a good guys. good thing to have. I mean, yeah, I got it for sure. Yeah. For sure. Can't, can't, can't argue with, the, with those guys. They're super talented and good. Yeah, exactly, man. So, and... Let's transition to uh, the book, man. So the Lean Startup. Um, we'll be reading chapters six, right? The test. I th- so I think it's six and seven, but it might be seven, yeah. eight. Either way, it's the one that's titled Test and the other one that's m- titled Measure, Measure yeah. off the Lean Startup by Eric Reese. What's your thoughts? And so I, I, I have a, a thought sort of generally. The, the, it, it sort of jumps in a little bit late. Uh, I think in the end of Test, or perhaps it's in the end of Measure. He talks about um, the importance of looking at the end of, after everything that you do, actually looking at it and saying, like, did you achieve the goal that you had set out to achieve? Um, and I thought about my job. I work for, like, a giant corporation. And, uh, man, we do not do that. <laughs> and we build we build products. So... Like we build a really cool product that's very helpful and is and is a step forward, right? Like we've we've improved the experience for what we're doing, but it's not a leap forward at, in any sense of the word, right? We're, we're not doing the startup thing at work, um, and I and I can see why we're not, 
like based on this book, I can be like, oh, the reason that we're not at work building a product that's actually better is that we don't review. We don't look at the thing that we just built and look at the data after it comes in and say, hey, did this actually improve the experience? Um, and then I could think about like, so Sarah yesterday or two days ago or whatever, got one of those like, hey, give us some feedback for the bank that we use. And so she like filled out the feedback and then the bank's a credit union actually. And you should do a credit union if you're in a bank, just as a general second rule. Debt, second as, debt. A, as a general rule of thumb. <laughs> Stop Second letting day. bankers take your money. <laughs> and uh, so so she gets a you know a feedback form and she fills it out and sends it in. And then they send her back uh, like, oh, by the way, the things that you said you didn't like, you can actually do them by doing this, 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 and, and like gave a list of instructions. And she was like, you missed the point of the feedback. The feedback was like, this information that I'm trying to find is hard to find. And they were like, oh, well, here's how you do that. That's not the feedback. The feedback is... This information is hard to find. And it, it's interesting to, to get a glimpse into like the culture at the bank, right? Like the, the culture was for them to get feedback and not listen to the user. They didn't do the lean startup thing. They didn't listen <laughs> to the customer. They were like, oh, that number is this number here. You just have to go to here, click the button, scroll down, and then it's right there. And the, why isn't it the number that I asked for? Like the number that I'm looking for is account ID. Why, why is it hard for me to find account ID? You know, it's, I don't know. It was, it was interesting to think like, even with all the stuff that we have now and all the ability and all the technology and all the people that we have now, there are still people making apps and then their customers give them feedback and they deny the feedback. And at my job, that's going on. And apparently at the credit union, that's going on. There's a lot of opportunity out there to make something that's not terrible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because I think people get stuck and and this is, I think, happening everywhere. Like you said, is people get stuck in just like, yeah, I know it isn't working, but it's the way that it's the way it is. And if you don't give me an idea that's going to make it work the best for every single person that ever walked this earth, we shouldn't do it, you know, like, like that's the thing with change. And I think when you, you know, you tell a bank like, Hey, you know, uh, I couldn't find this. And they're like, well, it's on there. And really the message is not that I, not that it's not on there, but that, Hey, there's probably an easier way to make this pop up for your customers so that people find it eat more easily. And then I think what the bank does, cause this happens with me as well, you know, it, it went, what the bank does is go, well, all right, we'll put it here. And then someone else goes, no, no, don't put it there. Put it here. And then someone else, no, put it here. And and when it ends and up it happening, and then it goes nowhere because everyone goes, well, we're going to leave it where it is because no one can agree. We can't get 100% agreeing in the first moment that this is the best place for it to go. And, and it's the thing that I think that, you know, I love about this book is it's, it's not about 100% us all sitting around and being kumbaya on the direction of innovation. It's about, all right, someone has an idea. That idea might make things better. So stop right there. We try it. Who cares if Johnny thinks that, oh, yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, none of us do. But we need to try it. (laughs) You know, none of us do. Johnny don't know. Joey don't know. 
but we know that we need to do something better. So we need to try it. And then after we try it, we review and we decide whether or not it's the right move or not, or if we need to do something else again. Like, I, you know, I hear too often this motto of stick to the script. You know what I mean? It, 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 at some point in, I don't know, I know it was used a lot when I was coming up in the 90s. Shoot, there, there's plenty of songs stick to the script, plenty of lyrics, you know, and it, it, it's all about like stick to the script, you know, stay on the course, all of this type thing. And it's just like, it's so misguided. You know, it, do, it doesn't mean that nothing should change and you just, you know, he had a line in the book and I know I'm rambling, but he had a line in the book where he goes, um, he talks about you want to have perseverance, but not so much perseverance that you've crashed the plane into the ground. You know what I mean? I don't know if you remember that line in the book, you know, uh, but it, I forget what this, it, the, uh, he had another point that tied to that, but I know when I heard that, I was like, damn, that is so true, man. There's so many people are just like, no, nah, this is what I said it's going to be. So this is what it has to be. And it can't be anything else. And I got, and I'm going to keep pushing until it's this. And it's like, nah, that's not how innovation works. Well, and it's it's because of that mindset that I think we all get in, right? I'm certainly in it in lots of ways in my own life, and I'm sure that mm -hmm. you can find examples in yours. Um, it, but it's that exact that that there is opportunity to to do a thing, right? The whole reason that there is going to be a lane is because you know there there's a big company that's just doing it the way they've been doing it, and then all of a sudden somebody's like, well, what if I made an electric car? You know, like, oh. <laughs> you know, like, and, and I mean, like, the, the funny thing is, is like, it's dude, every single one of us had that idea in 1998. We were all like, man, if I was a billionaire, I'd make an electric car for sure. We were all like, yeah, that's what I would do. Cause everybody was like, it's a great idea. Everybody wants that. How hard mm -hmm. could it be? Like, I'm sure if you just put a bunch of really smart people on it, you can figure it out. For sure. Turns out you were totally right. <laughs> for sure. We were all, but you know, the, the, sitting in a boardroom at Ford or whatever, they, you know, they, they weren't able to do that because they didn't have that same kind of feedback loop. It's very interesting um, to think through like, I, I don't know, these problem sets. I guess that's an interesting one because I, I guess when you build an electric car, you don't like make a test version, right? Yeah. You're like, but you, I don't even have to be there to know what we know what happened. Jeff said, well, what about the sound of the engine? Ford is all about that roar. Ford, Ford is all about the V8. No one wants sure. that. What do you, you know what I mean? And then, mm -hmm. it, well, how do we make it and still have it be Ford? You know, the right. real Ford. And, it, and it, you know, it was some idiot in the room that shut it down because they're like, you know what? Yeah, we can't make it like a Ford, so we're not going to do it. And it's like, nah, man, just do it. And now you pull up next to some of these cars that are electric and they sound even, I'm sure, uh, ooh, someone some has of them a, they a, added noise to. Yeah. Yeah. I was just about to say, i saw the commercial and I'm like, shit, that sounds better than a Ford. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's even better. You know, they put an auto tune on like the, on the roar <laughs> of a car, right? Like it's T-Pain shout out. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's way better. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, I, that, I, Devin, I don't know. Maybe I'm in a in a space in life where I'm just like, I always, you know, and not to get away from the book too much, but even having to spend every day kind of leading people, you know, it kind of can find within certain rules that are sure. governed above me. 
But as I stay within those rules and I lead people through, that's the one thing I always say is like, yo, let's 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 make a system. But remember, let's not make a system with a lot of rules. Let's not make a system where you're caged in and you have to do it this, that way. Let's just make, you know, kind of like an essence of a plan or a roadmap or, you know, something that still allows you to still have wiggle room to, to try things and do things. Or to get but new information. To get new information. But we're all still headed down the same path. You know what I mean? And that that's a tough thing to do because a lot of people don't, most people, not a lot, majority of people don't think like that. Majority of people need it to be black and white. You said I need to do this, so I got to do this. You said we need this, you got to do this. And it just doesn't work that way. And I think from the, the test part, what I loved about the book, and I mean the chapter so much is he talks about in the beginning, you should not be worried about making profit, money, anything. Your only thing that you should be worried about is getting information by pleasing your customer. And he talks about the one business who were doing, uh, what's it? Grocery shopping, how they started doing like, they were doing like Grocery one lists. customer. Yeah. They had, yeah. they had the one customer and he was like, yeah, of course you can't sustain with this, but by them making the focus, pleasing the customer and going above and beyond just to please the customer and making that the focus is that eventually they were able to build a business that could sustain with the focus being, I, we want to please the customer. And then you build everything else around that. So after you figure out, Hey, there's a need customers, there's a, there's a customer need for this thing here. After you figure that out, then you start working on, well, all right, how can I make a profit off of this need that exists and usually the other way around is people go hey i can make this profit so i'm gonna you know force the customer to fall in line with this thing i'm gonna tell them where the account id is yeah yeah exactly 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 that's exactly what it is right. <laughs> exactly 100 percent it's crazy, like, you know, and, and I don't know what the solutions are. And I guess, you know, I guess a little bit is, is in measure, right? Like, yeah, I th yeah. He, you know, he tells like the Groupon story and he kind of tells all these like different stories of, I guess, businesses that he's he's worked with or people that he yeah. knew. And, you know, some of them Groupon, like Groupon got huge. And I think they're yeah. I, I, I think they're like not a big deal anymore, but they did for a while. Like, yeah, get huge. How about the Tudor dude? Remember that story? Yeah. The, what, what was his name? Oh, what, what he is was the name of this company? I forget. Grok. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, How about his education story? stuff. Well, so there was we, there's a the Indie Hackers podcast, the Cookie podcast that I sent you that mm -hmm. one time. There's a uh, story in one of those episodes where the peop these people made a a tutoring tool just for people who are teaching English to uh, Chinese kids, and uh, they made a tutoring tool. They sold it for like. I think millions of dollars, like mm. not like, not like tens of millions of dollars, but like, I think they probably sold it for like $3 million or something like that. Like a lot of money Yeah, because there's like all these tools that people need and you need to like, you need to do that test measure feedback, you know, where you like actually hear what the customer wants and make the thing that they want. And then people will buy it. People don't mind spending money. You know? Nope. Not at all. I mean, you just separated yourself from like, uh, way too much money in Orlando. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, Orlando, Orlando. Is it time for me? Please to, go ahead. Go ahead, to, go ahead. To, to rip in Orlando. So you know, disclaimer here: this is not for the natives of Orlando. <laughs> um, but 
I just went to Disney. Um, and I tell you what, I was worried about the road trip because we drove down. I don't know if I told you we we drove. Oh, down. I didn't know so, that. Yeah, so so we drove down. There were seven of us, five kids, two adults. Um, we were packed into my wife's uh, van, which which is a a, a seven seater, but doesn't have a whole lot of trunk space. So bags were piled up. Yeah, bags were piled up. You know, it was an uncomfortable ride for everyone. Uh, we pushed through. We did uh, eight hours. Stopped in Fayetteville. Um, North Carolina, it was like the smack dab middle point from Philadelphia to uh, to, to Florida or Orlando. And then uh, we stayed overnight, slept a couple of hours, got up bright and early, drove the rest of the eight hours to Orlando. Uh, that was actually the most fun of the trip was that was that drive. That was the fun. We, we had a, a good time driving. You know, as far as my wife and I, then we got to Orlando. And I'm going to tell you, Orlando is crazy. And this is during like kind of like still pandemic, maybe not hype pandemic, but like people are still being cautious about traveling and stuff. Well, and Florida's crazy. Like Florida's the, yes. the place where people are the most like People like me who are like super averse to getting COVID, nah. we're terrified of Florida. Yeah. So, so that like X out probably like a third uh, of, of, of the country. And still, this place, you do nothing but wait. Everything about Orlando, Florida is about standing in a line and waiting. Everything. There's not a place you can go in Orlando, Florida. And, and we try to go to dinner. Maybe three nights. You know, it's a most of Orlando is just like chain restaurants. It's you know, it's what sure. what you would expect a town with. Yeah, it's a tourist you know, town. So tour, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's you know they probably get an excerpt of almost three hundred thousand people every day coming into Orlando for right. Disney or whatever the beaches and Epcot. Daytona, Epcot, all all of the things that exist in Orlando. You're probably talking about somewhere around like 200 to 300 extra people in in Orlando. So anywhere you're trying to go, I mean, literally, Uno Pizzeria, like Uno Pizzeria, there's a freaking one hour and 40 minute wait for Uno Pizzeria. I don't even like Uno Pizzeria. And there's one hour and 40 minute wait. <laughs> you name it. CVS, there's like a line. It was nothing but waiting. It was terrible. So it's interesting, like in the test measure learn feedback thing that we're that we're talking about. Yes, you oh, were, tell, I you were telling me to Orlando. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're you're telling me that you're you're waiting in line at Disney, and I'm thinking, yes, like, weird. fifty minutes average, folks. So if you're going weird. to Disney, yes, if you're going to you Disney, wait in line at all. Why yeah. would you wait in line? Like in 2020, everybody's got a cell phone. Everybody's got an app, right? Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you be scanning your app and and they would they would tell you when to go. They would tell, and you would still have to wait maybe ten or fifteen minutes because yeah. they wouldn't want to like have the wrong people in line. But and you'd like, be you'd be spending money eating and buying things, and buying you'd be things. they'd be making so much more money. I wonder you can't what the get on another is. ride. You right? can't get on right. You can only do one thing at a time anyway. So yeah. I'm, I'm wondering yeah. why they haven't done that, or, or I'm sure that they're the Disney people are super smart. So I'm sure that they're like trying to figure it out, but they're also <laughs> trying to they're they're trying to change turn a giant ship in the middle of 
this, right? Like it's yeah. it's going to be hard to change all of how Disney works, yeah. right? So, but this now's the time, and not to mention Disney has known this forever. They should have been calling you on. Well, your, they built your phone. they built it for for people to wait. So if you're stuck in there, but unbuilding but it from people to wait, it's going to be yeah. really hard. Well, I think they continue to build it for people to wait, but. How about if I'm not waiting in a line, I'm actually going to get ice cream. I'm actually going to get funnel cake. Like there's some people that don't eat anything there or spend a dime because they are all about the rides. Like I need to get on X ride. I need to get on this ride. I need to get on that ride. So they're all about the rides. So they go from one ride to the next, one ride to the next. They probably don't even eat. But if you got them waiting and you're like, hey, you got, a 30 minute wait till you need to be in line. Well, what are you going to do? Probably going to go get it. You're going to go to the little ice cream stand next door to the ride, eat an ice cream, sit down, relax. You know what Play I mean? Play the Avengers video. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you can have like an art. Maybe that's the one thing they don't have also in Magic Kingdom is like, I would have a game. I would have an area that's like carnival style, like an, sure. you know, where you can win some more, take some more money from people. I feel like Disney, listen, they took a lot of money from me. You know, 200 bucks a, a ticket. They took a lot of money from me. But they're leaving so much money on the table. They could have taken more. They could have took more. They <laughs> listen, they took 200 bucks a ticket and probably $300 at the park. They could have took easily another 200 from me. Easily. It was there for the taking Disney. I didn't have time to spend it. I was too busy staying in the line. But but listen, I spent three hundred. Think about the people who don't spend anything because they're like, Nope, you eat a big breakfast in the morning. That's that's what my father in law took his oh, kids. You know, and, this is hundred percent. If I was going to Disneyland, I'd be like, No, 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 we're pounding the calories my, right now. My wife was telling me uh, my, her father took the kids and they said, No, you're not getting nothing nothing at Disney. They ate a big, big breakfast at the hotel. Their little continental breakfast at the hotel. And you say, eat all you want here. Bring and then, a water at the, yeah, bring a water bottle. And that was it. They did that. And then when they left, they went to a buffet. And it was, <laughs> you know, but thank God, there's, there's those people. Now imagine if you got a 30 minute wait where it's not, I got to stand here, but it's 30 minutes where, all right, I, be, I got to be back in 30 minutes. What are you going to do? You're probably going to spend some money. My, yeah, I wonder. I wonder what that says. I wonder what that says is about like the the whole test, measure, learn, feedback loop, the the thinking, like because that because I get it. Like I get why they have those problems, but you do wonder, like, because in Vegas you don't wait. Yeah. That's one. Of, like except for the buffet, you pretty much don't wait. Like when it's time for the show, they like text you. They're like, it's time mm. for the show, and you go to the show, and like the line for the show is like instant, right? Because you have to buy your tickets for the show in advance. So it's a right. I don't go to Disney because I don't have any kids. So yeah. it's like a different. My experience yeah. is like they because they want you sitting at the slot machine, giving giving money I, away. I tell you who would fix it. Walt Disney. If Walt Disney was still around, oh yeah, he'd fix it. He would fix it, yeah. and that would be the way. And and one of the things that you know you realize in in. Just any type of entrepreneur. You, you think of being, a, you know, as an an entrepreneur, and the way that you end up valuing the thing that you're building, versus once you're no longer the architect, is like why you build it and different things like that. 
it changes as it passes on. You know what I mean? Like, like it changes. And I think it has to, it has to, but, but I think it changes. Yeah. As you pass it to the next person. But I think that the thing that Walt Disney, you know, when he built Disney world was about making it the happiest place on earth. And that was like the core of what, what he built. That's what he wanted. That was the feel. And, it is not the happiest place on earth. And I would tell you that Walt, Mr. Walt Disney himself, would be making that the number one priority is how do we fix the idea of it being the happiest place on earth. Where I work, the whole idea of the company was built off a of customer experience. And it is hard to get my staff to think about customer experience. You Isn't that there. interesting? Isn't yeah, that interesting? You, yeah, it is. But it's hard because when you're not the architect, you and and this is what a lot of people do is you start to implement your your own ideology on the place you work or or you know the place you're employed at. It's like you start putting your values on like what's important in that moment. Like I'm I'm literally telling people like stop putting stuff on shelves and start helping with the customer and the bagging and talking to customer and people what do you mean if we don't put stuff on shelves they don't have anything to buy and it's like no that's your that's that's your perception that's the way that you think i'm telling you not to think that way but they just can't because i don't know i guess it's human nature well it's funny because like especially like where you work the vision is part of the like the gag is that it is in the back. The customer actually wants to ask and then have the person go find it in yeah, the back get excited. and bring it out. Like they're like, oh, look yeah. at how much they care about me. They went and found it. Like yes. that's part of the thing. Yes. And like, yes, keeping the shelves full is important. And, and I'm not yeah, saying a, that that's not true. Yeah, to a degree. But to a de- and, and just as much to a degree is that go find the magical, be the magical guy that finds the thing in the backs just for me. So yes. I'm special. Yes. Yes, but people just can't. I, you know, you just can't. Like, it's hard for people. Can't, can't I, explain it. I don't know what it is. And I feel like it's, I feel like it has something to do with, you know, not having passion or purpose, maybe, or feeling like you don't have it in your life. And it's that one small thing that maybe someone feels like they can control. Is if I'm psychoanalyzing why people, sure. why that behavior happens, you know, because I I don't think it's that people don't care. I think oh, they clearly care. They, they yeah, clearly they care, care. They care, but it's just like they almost like it becomes their thing. Like memory, we talked a while back where you talked about how, you know, towards the end of your stay. Once you had your other thing where that you were able to put all your passion into and now you were able to clearly understand like what it was needed from you, you know, from from this, you know, the stance of that particular job. And it made you, like immediately a click. It's like, oh, I just need to make the customers happy. I just need to do this one thing. Yeah. And it's just and it clicked for you and you stop like trying to like, you know, make it. About something else. Yeah, about something else. And, I, you know, I feel like even for Disney's sake is that 
is there someone at the head of Disney really, truly driving this thing to make Disney Magic King, Magic Kingdom Universal the happiest, happiest place, place on Earth? I wonder. I wonder. You know, I I, I think you know we, we're gonna go a little long in the in the tooth here on the show, but I, I bet you that 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 is a really hard thing to just hold that line of like, cause you know, people want to measure stuff, which is, oh, yeah. so that's oh, yeah. a weird, it's weird that we're talking about like, cause you can't measure happiest place on earth. You can't measure that. You know what I mean? Like no, you could do no. some things, you can measure some things that you can use as proxy for that. And I guess yes. that's what the like, test, that's what tests would be all about for this particular thing. It's like, yeah. how do you test that someone's well, you know, happy? You know what you can measure? Someone unhappy. Because that's you can true. you can measure that, that's true. <laughs> and that, and that's how that's how you would have to get there. It's like not what makes you happy because what makes you unhappy is very clear. It, it 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 shows in a pretty clear way. Like I'm unhappy to stand in this line. Like I won't go to any ride that says ninety minutes. Like I'm just not even going in it. You know what I mean? Like those are clear, like measurable things of like, you know, hey, the, people won't ride rides that are ninety minutes long. Why? Now that's when you get into the area of how can all right, I can make you happy. You're unhappy because of this reason. Right. Now we can we can eliminate that thing that makes you unhappy. And you can, I mean, listen, it's a thing where will it ever be the happiest place on earth? Probably not. But you can always be working towards that, which I think was the dream of Walt Disney, was to constantly be working towards that. You know, because everybody and it is a crazy place. Like yeah. there's there's always a trash can. Like, yeah. yeah, all the time. You, yeah. you, you when you're like, oh, I need to get rid of this. There's like a trash can right there. It's like yeah. it's, yeah. it is it yeah. is pretty amazing. And and it's just like the idea. Everyone, what makes you know people unhappy? Ah, oh, I can't see the fireworks. I'm someone's blocking my view. Well. You can't fix those things. And, but what you, you know, maybe, all right, let's shoot the fireworks even higher. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like let's set up a hill. Yeah, let's set up a hill. Let's, you know, uh, no, everyone can't be in the front row. It's just not possible. You know what I mean? So there are certain things that, like, I'm sorry, I can't, we, we're not going to make, be able to make you happy with that. But maybe we can put TVs, you know, or, or projection right. screens somewhere throughout to Maybe you know what i mean so that you're less unhappy though yes and that and that's the thing and i'm telling you i it, i would love to see what disney would be like now if if walt mr walt Just magically disney, appeared yeah was still around like like if he was still around i would love to see what it would be because it definitely became a big machine right that really became a machine that just you know took over from a capitalist standpoint but well i mean that's the thing like yeah. it, it, it's gonna like just like at your work like the the vision is like dude just make the customers happy just do just just have fun with that like that's it really just have fun with customers that's the whole focus of your entire business have good stuff have fun with customers yeah and uh and and that's lost every day in that place like you're doing the thing by trying to keep that the focus. You're just like, hey, yeah, yeah. Let's have to, good stuff and have fun with customers. Like I'm trying to be Walt Disney, man. I, I, yeah. I'm I'm trying to be the Walt Disney and, and keep them happy, man. But you know, it, it, it is tough, and and I think just to 
button it all up with the chapters is, you know, I think test and measure. The one thing that he said in test and he talked about again in measure is it, it needs to be about the customer regardless. Yeah. Whatever you're doing has to, like you can't lose sight of the fact that you do what you do for the customers. Well, yeah, and, and that's where you get your information from. That's where you get your insight from. That's where everything comes from. And then from there, you can figure out what that next step is, which maybe you don't build the thing they ask for. That's totally okay. You can mm -hmm. build something else. Yeah. But you're getting your information from them, not from a committee of people or something else. Exactly. Yeah. Let the customers so. speak. By the way, Walt Disney World is also a a very uh, old timey place. By the way, just wanted to point that out. Yeah, it, it, yeah they, you know they got their crew like still covering up tattoos and stuff. It's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very old time. Like they got they got to come a little bit around here. By the way, also like the yeah, 20, 2021 update. Yeah, yeah. They need to kind of flip that. Like some of the stuff I've seen in action there was just like. Hey, are they trying to make America great again? Like, is this is this, is this is this what Disney is about? I was just like, I was like, man, this is like, this is interesting. I'm like, yeah, let the dude show his tattoo. Like, what in the world, Disney? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're into that. I think they want to yeah. keep every everything nice and smooth. Yes, <laughs> they gotta stop that, please, Disney. It's, it's sickening. Like, I, like I'm watching. I'm like, why is this dude wearing a sleeve? And I'm like. And then he starts telling another customer how he has they they have to cover up their tattoos, facial hair, stuff like that. Like there's certain rules. They're like the Yankees, man. Yankees. But, but yeah, like come on, man, come around. That you know, come around. Yeah, come around, man. Yeah, man. It's a funny, it's a funny world. So you got anything for next week, or should we just uh, button up the show? Nah, man. We button up the show. Uh, honestly, I'm just getting back in the swing of things. So cool. Yeah, we got to meet up and and regroup. How about you? All right. Well, where, nothing, nothing really, nothing. man. I got okay. Yeah, just just regular week. So, uh, where can people find us? Uh, the process is blackandwhite.com. Check us out on our website there, and then go ahead and search us on all social media platforms: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. At the process is black and white, and uh, yeah, we'll see you, man. We'll come right up. All right. Talk to you next week. Yep. Great show. <laughs>